coming to you from our new home at DynastyLeagueFootball.com and a DLF family of podcasts, we are the Superflex Super Show. We talk QB values, Superflex strategies, evaluate and debate Superflex trades, plus our own twist on Superflex team management with exercises like Tinderflex, Super 6, and You Are Nuts. So when you're done with this awesome DLF podcast, find us on Twitter at Superflex Show and join us in the discussion of the fastest growing format in all of fantasy football, Superflex, on the Superflex Super Show. listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome to another edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan Myler. With me this week, just Ryan McDowell. No Matt Price. He is off on assignment, as we like to say, Ryan. So we are a two-legged tripod. We are without Matt uh, it's hard for us to stand, very difficult to stand without without our third wheel or our third leg, I guess. But we'll we'll make do, right? We'll try. We'll try to get through it. But yeah, we're we're tipping over a little bit. <laughs> we're tipping over a little bit and it's just early. We'll see how this goes as we cover the AFC and NFC East in our in the third installment really of rookie stash cash or future trash. So we won't get any of Matt's giggles as you call some of these uh, rookies Ryan trash. I guess that's a benefit to not having Mr. Price with us. <laughs> that that's the only one though. I guess that's the only one. You're right. Uh, before we get into it, let's talk about the DLF Champions Leagues that Ryan, you and I have tag teamed. A few times, or a couple times at least already. We've tried our luck so far. There's a big prize at the end, and it's gone pretty well. We've we've had a lot of fun. Of course, DLF partnered up with Safe Leagues and Mr. Scott Fish, the the commish among everybody out there in the uh, Dynasty universe, uh, created all these DLF Championship Cup Series leagues. And really, it's a it's a super flex league. It's tight end premium. Um, there are yearly prizes. There are also bigger prizes. Every few years, there is a bonus given given out to the owner who really dominates the league the most. That bonus, of course, one thousand dollars. So, Brian, we've had a lot of fun of these. In these, we've uh, built a couple of pretty good teams, but there's been some good competition as well. Yeah, absolutely. They are. They're a ton of fun. And Dan, I don't know about you. I'm, I'm starting to get the itch again. We may have to jump in another one. Yeah, we got lucky that uh, the the DL, a bunch of DLF writers got together uh, to in, in a in the DLF writers league, and we have this auction going on. So that kind of quenched the thirst for a minute here. But that that's going to wind down here soon. We might have to join another one of these. So maybe you'll find yourself in a league with Ryan. Or myself, or, or Ryan and myself, I guess, if we team up once again. Uh, if you're interested in the DLF Champions Leagues, however, just jump over to DynastyLeagueFootball.com slash Safe Leagues. You can sign up today. Uh, it's a safe 
well, I guess that's in the name. It's a safe league. You know you're going to win your prizes. You're going to get paid at the end. you got a great commissioner in Scott Fish and a lot of great competition with all those DLF readers, subscribers, and, and writers or podcast hosts as well. So let's get into what we really want to talk about here. We've, we've spent a couple weeks talking about the rookie stash, cash, and future trash. And it's time to talk AFC East, Ryan. There, there's some interesting draft picks, or were some interesting draft picks in the AFC East, of course. Let's start in Buffalo with Zach Moss, their first skill position pick. Uh, third round pick, Ryan. What do you think of Moss? He kind of toes the line, maybe, between stash, maybe cash. There's probably some people out there thinking that the, that, that Moss is trash. Uh, what are what are your thoughts on Zach Moss in Buffalo? Yeah, Moss is is an interesting kind of case study player in, in this class because uh, for a lot of people, I think he was pre-draft the RB six. We had the the big five, and then and then a large gap to that next group. And uh, I think most people had pegged Zach Moss as as the most likely to be that that sixth guy in the RB group, and and potentially even a late first rounder. And uh, landing in Buffalo, which I view as a pretty good uh, as a pretty good landing spot, we know they they do want to focus on the running game. I think it's safe to assume that Devin Singletary is a solid uh, part of a committee, but not necessarily a guy who's going to uh, carry the load throughout his career. So adding some competition for Singletary uh, is is a sensible move for the Bills. Yet. Post draft, Moss has lost value. We've seen him falling to the late second round uh, pretty routinely. His ADP is <clears throat> is nineteen overall, two point oh seven in a in a twelve teamer, uh, middle middle of that second round. But like I said, he's he's kind of in that group with a lot of other uh, presumed backup running backs, and I think he's got a decent chance to to be a starter and to gain some value. So. Yeah, you're absolutely right. He's he's kind of towing the line. I, I certainly don't think he's trash. Um, I'm I'm going to call him a stash for now. Yeah, I think I I tend to lean that way as well for a lot of the reasons you mentioned there, Ryan. Moss wasn't necessarily a guy I was super excited about going into the draft. Not doesn't really possess all the skills that you that you th- immediately think to yourself he can be the the bell cow running back or at least that leader of a committee but you're right he landed in an ideal situation he can be part of that committee with singletary whether you think moss is going to be the leader or singletary himself there's there's kind of a mix there and and guys that that will move in and out of the lineup and moss certainly will have some kind of value it seems like because he's fallen in those dynasty rookie drafts into the second round and maybe even the the mid to later part of that second round like you suggested there ryan there's there's some value to be had there that seems about right to to where he should go um, so I, I think he's a stash, but there is definitely the potential for him to be a cash player, a guy that we're maybe even leaning on middle end of 2020, a guy that could carve out a nice role for your dynasty roster. How about the rest of what the bills did in the draft, Ryan, they added Gabby Davis in the fourth round, uh, quarterback Jake Fromm in the fifth round, and then Isaiah Hodgins in the sixth round, a wide receiver as well. 
Um, anything there to get excited about as a dynasty owner? I don't think we can call any of those guys anything more than uh, than a stash, certainly. Uh, I, I like Davis. I was actually surprised he fell as far as he did to the fourth round. Lots of lots of mock drafts, uh, pre-draft mock drafts, of course, had him uh, landing on, on day two of the NFL draft. He falls to the fourth round. Uh, I mean, the, the Bills certainly could use some, some young wide receivers, but... Uh, looking at their their trio of, of John Brown, Diggs, who of course they traded for uh, earlier this offseason, and and Cole Beasley, I think it's going to be hard for Davis or Isaiah Hodgins, their sixth rounder, to really gain any value or, or see see much action in their rookie year. So for me, both of those guys are uh, stashes at best. Hodgins, just due to his late day three draft capital, probably closer to that, that trash, a, a guy that's just never going to be useful. And, uh, and Jake from, uh, you know, with the, the young starter in front of him and Josh Allen, it, it's hard to see a path beyond injury for him really in this, this entire first contract, uh, having much value either. Yeah. He, he had the pedigree. He was that big prospect coming out of high school, and throughout his college career, just never really took off and 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 became that player that a lot of a lot of those Devi players out there, those guys that are doing those Devi drafts every year, were were excited about, but just never really came around. Like you said, probably nothing more than a project for the Bills, a backup, uh, and 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 most likely won't uh, won't project to anything on your dynasty roster. So I couldn't agree more. If there's anybody that's that's a stash out of this group. It's probably Davis. He's been a popular fourth round pick in the rookie drafts that I've been in. Uh, usually a late fourth round pick, but a guy with a little bit outside upside uh, beyond that. It, it looks like probably trash for, for these bills players when it comes to dynasty, the team that I am most excited to talk about tonight, Ryan is the Miami dolphins, not necessarily because of what they did, but because of what they didn't do, a lot of us expected them to make the plunge and take a running back early in the draft. Maybe take another wide receiver that could help out the young quarterback to a tongue of Aloha, uh, after taking him fifth overall. They didn't really do that until really late in the draft. So a lot of us were scratching our heads as dynasty owners because we expected them, of all the teams that that were going to take skill position players we thought the dolphins weren't going to pick just once not twice maybe three four five of these kind of skill players that us as dynasty owners could get excited about it only ended up being just the two though two of course goes fifth overall to the dolphins and then they they did grab a, a wide receiver in the seventh round as well but pretty much your your thoughts on Tua I know if Matt were here he'd be saying cash because he's his 101 in Superflex League yeah Tua is actually a tough one to categorize in in this exercise um, obviously a player I want to have especially in Superflex leagues but I'm I'm not convinced he's going to uh, really gain value over over the coming year uh, it's it's up in the air uh, if he even plays or or how much he plays we know they have Ryan Fitzpatrick there who uh, has has proven himself many times a capable starter and and honestly we're just not quite sure of the Dolphins game plan yet this year they they made it pretty clear they were okay with losing uh, last year I would I would assume at some point uh, we see what 
what Tua has to offer, uh, assuming he's healthy. But he's already, in, in our startup ADP, he's already, I believe, quarterback 13. So uh, uh, a little bit of room to grow there for sure, but not not a ton. I mean, if he was in that Justin Herbert range where he's like QB 22, 23, then I would certainly call him cash based on the gap he could make up and, and grow. But uh, I'll, I'll stick with Stash for Tua for now just to – to ruffle Matt's feathers a little bit. I, I like the point you made over the past year. Again, the dolphins have, have made it clear. They have a game plan. They traded away a lot of, uh, a lot of their players, almost all of their core players uh, collecting draft picks. Uh, they, they basically tanked for most of last year, even though they ended up winning some later in the season worked out. They still got, got their guy, their quarterback of the future. But they ignored the running back position. Like you said, they trade a, a later pick for Matt Breda. Helps his value. Uh, I think Jordan Howard was a, a draft weekend winner uh, based on the lack of uh, competition they added in the form of, of rookie picks, I guess. And really just focused on defense again throughout the, throughout the draft as they did in free agency. This, this team, you know, for better or worse, we'll see how it works out. They have a clear plan. And so many teams, you know, sadly, including your own, your own Packers, Dan, were just left after draft weekend thinking, what are they doing? And, and the Dolphins, what they did makes some sense. Yeah, it makes sense. They're building from the inside out. They're trying to reinforce that offensive line, that defense. They want to play defense. And it, it appears run the football and, and be selective as to when they push the ball down the football field. And, and that starts by adding those offensive linemen and those, those defenders, of course. And that's what they did in the draft. So they ignored those other positions. They did out add Malcolm Perry wide receiver in the seventh round, late in the seventh round, I guess. Uh, we'll see if, if, if he can carve out any kind of role, most likely trash uh, as far as dynasty owners are concerned. When it comes to Tua, though, it, it feels like the hype will continue to mound. It feels like it, it feels unlikely that they're a playoff contender for the entirety of the 2020 season. So that probably points to Tua getting on the field and getting an opportunity at some point. I tend to side with Matt. I know he's not here to kind of kind of protect his thoughts on Tua and and why he should be the 101 in those Superflex leagues. But, you know, just reading the tea leaves of what he said in the past and and what he would be saying had he been here today, it would have been that he's going to get that opportunity and he's going to shine in it and that that uh that that he's probably cash because of it. He's going to he's going to show enough of that upside in his limited opportunities or maybe extended opportunities depending on how the season goes that I think there's a at least a pretty good chance that that he falls into the cash category once we end the 2020 season. How about the New England Patriots, another team that didn't dip into the skill positions all that often, and when they did, didn't go to the position maybe that that we all expected them to. They they picked a couple of tight ends in the third round. Devin Asiasi first, and then 10 picks later, Dalton Keene, another tight end. Feels like these guys fall into the, the stash category for those of us in deep leagues, and, and especially those tight end premium leagues. 
maybe not necessarily in contract or salary cap leagues because it feels to me Ryan that these guys are projects they're going to they're going to get their feet wet slowly and and at some point maybe carve out a role and become a player in that Patriots offense considering the quarterback that's under center or that we expect to be under center the offense that they're going to run and that defense first ride that defense run the football philosophy that Belichick is almost assuredly going to try to try to incorporate throughout the season it feels like these guys are long-term uh holds for dynasty owners in those types of leagues the tight end premium and and the deeper types leagues yeah i totally agree both aussie aussie and keen have to go in that stash category and of course uh when when the patriots pull the trigger on these two everybody thinks back to uh years before when they took both rob gronkowski and and Aaron Hernandez in the same draft. We know uh, we know how that went. Of course, both of those guys had uh, a ton of success on the field. Uh, I mean, they're still they're still just trying to get over Gronk. Obviously, I mean, Gronk retires. They they've had nothing from the position since. Um, so I I do think one or both of these uh, rookies could get an opportunity. I mean, my my money would be on Asi Asi first, but I wouldn't be surprised if if both of these guys get on the field, but I do agree with you that they're going to want to focus on that running game, uh, kind of take, take Stidham out of the game as much as they can, or take the ball out of his hands as much as they can. So these, these two have to be stashes. Yeah, they're stashes and, and DLF's ADP suggests that Asi Asi, a late third round at the 3.12 36 overall, and then Dalton Keene uh, late in the fourth round as a as a rookie draft pick. I don't think anybody's depending on these guys, but they're they're worthy dart throws at the very least. The final team we have to talk about in the AFC East is the New York Jets. Ryan, uh, they had a big need, really. Really, they had a lot of needs, and many of them were at the skill positions, running back and wide receiver in particular. They they tried to take a look at those positions in the draft uh in the second round added denzel mims wide receiver uh currently the 14th pick in dlf adp rookie adp and then lamichael Pirine in the fourth round for the jets he's got a fourth round adp the second pick in the fourth round according to dlf rookie adp so between mims and LaMichael Pirine, probably the most noteworthy rookie draft picks for dynasty owners for the Jets. What are we thinking here? Cash, stash, or future trash? You look at the Jets depth chart. They obviously had a need at wide receiver. They lose Robbie Anderson. They did They did bring in Brashad Perriman. So you've got him. You've got Mims. And, of course, uh, Jamison Crowder there as well. So it's really, it's really tough to kind of parse this out and, and determine – Who's who's going to get the opportunity? But I mean, I I think it's fair to say Mims is the most talented uh, of those three wide receivers. But obviously, has a lot to learn in in his transition. Uh, I, I I feel like at that price point, early in the second round, uh, I think we can call him a cash play in that he'll gain some value over the next year. I I don't know how much he's going to help you in your lineup, but I think. You know, Perriman's basically uh, on a one-year deal, and, and this time next year, this could this could really be Mem's team. 
Yeah, I, I think that requires at least a few splash plays or, or showing what he's got on the field. And considering that draft capital and, and where he's going in DLF ADP early in the second round, it seems like every time I've come up in drafts, Ryan, I, I shy away from Denzel Mims. And and he was a guy I was relatively excited about coming into the, the draft. Maybe it's the situation, the quarterback, uh, the coaching staff, especially in New York, that just doesn't give me a lot of confidence when it comes to Mims and him progressing over the next couple of years and becoming a player for your dynasty roster. That's why I it really feels to me that he falls into that stash category. How about P. Ryan? What do we think there? Uh, a later round pick, mid pick in the fourth round. Dynasty owners don't don't have to spend anything on him. He's a fourth round pick in rookie DLF ADP as well. Another guy that's a uh, that's probably a shot in the dark. Maybe you get some production down the road out of Pirine. Is he a stash? I think he's definitely a stash. And and uh, if I had more confidence in the in the Jets' offense and their coaching staff, I I would be tempted to even call him a cash play based on the chance to gain value uh, over the next year. I would assume that Le'Veon Bell will be gone following the 2020 season, but. I kind of thought that would be the case after 2019 as well. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but for now, yeah, P. Ryan, uh, P. Ryan has to fall in that stash category. I do think he has, I mean, he has a, a great chance to be Bell's top backup. Right. And there's the potential to be, to have some early career value for dynasty owners with that as well. That's why I feel he's a stash as well. The Jets also added a quarterback, James Morgan, in the fourth round, uh, really a stash for them, a guy to to kind of bring up behind Darnold, uh, hoping for a backup there. Unless you're in the deepest league, maybe he's a stash in in a in a 32 team type league. Uh, other than that, he he belongs on the waiver wire in your dynasty league. So before we get to the NFC East, uh, I thought we'd quickly talk about our friends over at DynastyOwner.com. Do you guys think you're smarter than an NFL GM? Do you think you're the best at fantasy football? Well, here's your chance to prove it over at DynastyOwner.com. Dynasty Owner is the only patented fantasy sports game using actual NFL salaries and contract. You manage your team from all levels, owner to general manager to coach. Dynasty Owner is for the smart, elite fantasy football player. Like DLF, there is no offseason in Dynasty Owner. The rookie draft matters, free agency matters, and every contract matters. Come to a startup draft in 2020 using actual NFL player contracts and salaries. Then improve your team each year with a three-round rookie draft and by trading players and draft picks. Win weekly prizes, seasonal prizes, and compete in the chase for the ring. Mock drafts are open now on desktop and mobile browsers. To learn more in mock draft for free, head over to DynastyOwner.com. That's www.DynastyOwner.com. Ryan, we still have to talk about the NFC East, and there were a lot of exciting picks in the division. Probably none more exciting than CeeDee Lamb ending up with the Dallas Cowboys, a player that some pre-draft in the Dynasty community were banging the tables for being a top two or three pick 
in rookie, Dynasty rookie drafts. He, since then, with, with all these other landing spots, has slid down rookie draft boards towards the middle of the first round. Seems like a value. He goes 17th overall in the NFL draft to the Cowboys and, and now sees himself, like I said, in the middle of the first round with an opportunity to play with a good quarterback in a pass first, and or maybe not pass first, but a, a, at least an explosive offense. Uh, there's other mouths to be fed there, but the sky is the limit for CeeDee Lamb. Tough decision, though. Is he stashed because of all that other talent, or is he cash because of the talent that he has? I think you can make a case either way, and you can also make a case that maybe he's a stash play based on his his lofty ADP. You talked about him falling in rookie drafts. His rookie draft ADP is 1.05. Uh, routinely fall, see him falling to six as well. If if the top five running backs come off the board uh, to start a draft, but looking at our startup ADP, he's the he's wide receiver fifteen already. So he's he's being drafted ahead of DK Metcalf, Cortland Sutton, Calvin Ridley, uh, Keenan Allen, Cooper Cup, Stefan Diggs. Some some very uh, very valuable, very proven wide receivers. So from that standpoint, it's it's basically a bet. On is he going to be a wide a dynasty wide receiver one next year, meaning a top twelve wide receiver, or is he going to lose value? If he's going to lose value, you have to call him a stash. I'm going to bet on him and call him a cash play. Oh boy, you kind of surprised me there. You were heading the other way that whole time, Ryan, and uh, through the curveball, I went for it. Holy cow! I I couldn't agree more. I I, I love picking Ceedee Lamb in the middle. Sometimes in these superflex, you get him at like the ninth pick or the tenth pick. Sometimes that is just lunacy. Such value. Uh, a coaching, a new coaching staff, of course. Uh, Mike McCarthy is going to find ways to get multiple wide receivers on the field. He did it throughout his time in Green Bay. That's going to be the case here, despite the keeping the, the old offensive play caller uh, still still in Dallas and, and things like that. I'm, I'm excited about CeeDee Lamb and the opportunity that Dynasty owners have to scoop him up in the mid to late first round. Man, that seems like such a bargain. If those running backs are gone, there is a gift to be had in CeeDee Lamb. For sure. So I couldn't agree more. His value is going up. I think he's a cash play as well. How about, well, we could talk about the New York Giants, Ryan, but but they didn't dip their toe in any of the players that we're really that all that concerned about. We'll have plenty of chance to talk about Saquon Barkley and everybody else in New York uh, on future episodes. So we'll just breeze right by them. And let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles, who were very active and really added players throughout the draft that at least at some level dynasty owners should be and could be excited about. It started off with Jalen Rager in the first round, Ryan. He's cemented himself as a mid to late first round pick in, in most rookie rookie drafts. Right. I, I think he's in, in many ways a similar case to Lamb in that uh, he looks like a bargain in rookie drafts. 1.09 it is, is his ADP right now. And again, this ADP is coming from uh, one quarterback PPR leagues uh, uh, held on my, my fantasy league. So we're, we're talking about hundreds of uh, actual rookie drafts. But again, in our startup drafts, he's wide receiver 25. So not cheap at all. He's, he's coming off the board uh, early in the... Uh, in the fifth round, you're, 
you're looking at him as as basically one of your cornerstone players. I I think like Lamb, I think he pays off on that value. We're talking about him, you know, at the very least as a top 20 guy next year. So I, I think he's got some room to grow and gain value. I think he's a cash play. Yeah, much like a lot of these wide receivers that we've seen that enter our startup ADP in the mid to late 20s, maybe the 30s, there's just so much room for them to to pop up that chart and and move into the top four rounds even of of, of startup ADP. I, I agree. Rager, a lot like Lamb, another cash play. Uh, the, the Eagles weren't done by a long ways. Jalen Hurts in the second round, a uh, guy that lots of dynasty owners were excited about seeing his landing spot. Maybe that got tampered down a little bit by landing in Philadelphia behind Wentz, who at the very least you can say is entrenched as the starter in in Philadelphia after everything that he's gone through in the last few years, including an MVP-type season. Hurts, there's been talk about, Ryan, the, the opportunity to get on the field in other capacities, kind of be that swing player, that guy that can play all over the field. I'm not really buying it. It feels like at the most to me, he's a stash and, and maybe a deep league stash because unless Wentz goes down again, which of course could happen, it's hard to see a, a really a lane to, to for Hertz to to pay off for dynasty owners in year one. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I would, I, I guess I'll be nice and call him a stash mainly due to that uh, that second round draft capital, which I, I do think is important, but uh, this this is not a player we can count on gaining value over the next year, and we certainly can't count on him producing in the next year. So uh, that that leaves stash or trash, and I'll, I'll stick with stash for now. All right, the the Eagles added a couple wide receivers, both guys that I was at least interested in going into the draft: John Hightower in round five, then Quez Watkins. In round six, they added a lot of speed at wide receiver in the draft, and not just not just with these rookies. They they made other moves as well. They they really redid that wide receiver group. Ryan, is there is there anything more than a than a little bit of stash with these guys because of all the different names they added to this room at wide receiver in Philadelphia? I mean, they they both have to be called stashes right now. Hightower uh, in our ADP, the five point eleven pick which basically means he's going undrafted in most of our rookie drafts same same thing for Quez Watkins 6.03 uh, but I, I like the opportunity for both guys and you're right they the Eagles totally remade that that wide receiver room drafting three wide receivers trading for Marquise Goodwin from the 49ers uh, and and all of those guys have high-end speed so uh, not only have the Eagles uh, had bad luck at the wide receiver position the past couple of years with injuries, but they've lacked that speed guy. They thought they had it with Desha- uh, Deshaun Jackson. He gets hurt. So Nelson Aguilar has already left via free agency. I think they ultimately cut Alshon Jeffrey before the season begins. Uh, Deshaun Jackson is is just playing out the the end of his career here. So uh, it's it's going to be Rager for sure. And then uh, these these other two young guys are going to have a chance to play, if not in 2020, then in 2021. Right, and even if Alshon sticks around, and and even if he gets an opportunity to get on the field in 2020, 
there the the depth pieces in Philadelphia are intriguing. This is an offense that we expect to be pretty dynamic and and put up points. Uh, there's the potential for guys, if not in year one, definitely in year two, to get on the field and potentially even be productive. I think Hightower and Quez Watkins are both uh, low-end stash guys, but certainly if you're in a league where you have the roster space, they're the type of guys that you, that you want to take a shot on. Uh, the last team we need to talk about here, Ryan, is the Washington Redskins. There is one guy in particular who has shot up draft boards, and, and there's been a lot of buzz, really, about Antonio Gibson, the running back slash pass catcher slash everything uh, that the that the Redskins drafted in early in round three. Um, his ADP is shot up. He's into the second round now in these rookie drafts. There's lots of people that are excited about his upside and the potential for him to be a big playmaker for the Redskins, a team that really needs one. What do you think? Is, is he a cash player? He's not for me. Um, I'm, I'm starting. I, I really like Gibson. I've, I've been targeting him in my own uh, drafts and, and rookie auctions, but I think the hype is, is, is growing too fast, too soon. Uh, it's it's unclear how they're going to use him. It's unclear if this Redskins team can even use anybody correctly. Honestly, I mean, <laughs> we we know they made the the coaching change, probably uh, long overdue there. Um, but there's, I mean, there's questions at their at their quarterback spot. Is is Dwayne Haskins the guy? Questions with their backfield. Can Darius Guy stay healthy? If he can, that may be bad news for Antonio Gibson. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to see Gibson on the field, but the, the further he creeps up into rookie drafts and, and right now his ADP is two, 2.10, I'm comfortable spending that pick on him, but I've also seen him as, as you kind of alluded to, I've seen him going higher and higher, uh, really with, with every coming day, coming week of rookie drafts. Um, the, the higher he goes, the riskier he becomes. Yeah, you mentioned that he's creeping up there. I'm helping an, uh, one of our listeners with a draft. I, he, he sent me a, a few screenshots and uh, was was thinking about Antonio Gibson at the 203. And I, I said, let's hold our horses here. There's other options, of course. So I, I couldn't agree more. At the 210, later in the second round, maybe even mid-second round, if, you, if you're a real big fan, uh, if it gets beyond that, it, it it's probably too much for me to spend you're right. There is some upside, but but let's uh, let's tame it back just a little bit. I think there's there's maybe a chance with another Geis injury, which certainly could happen, that he gets on the field and makes a big splash. But but I think most likely he's a stash player. The Redskins also added Antonio Gandy Golden in the fourth round. Uh, another position in Washington, Ryan, that they needed a splash of talent. They need they need guys that can take over a role. Is Gandy Golden one of those guys in Washington? And even if he is, is that that whole mess happening in D.C. gonna gonna bring him to to his full potential? Yeah, I'm I'm actually excited about Gandy Golden, and uh, I think I think he's the Antonio that is the cash play in Washington. Again, a lot of that has to do with his opportunity to gain value. An ADP of three point oh nine in rookie drafts right now. Really easy pick to make at that point in a draft uh, in, in startup drafts, he's the wide receiver 74 uh, you, and looking at some of the names around him, honestly, it's, it, it's kind of embarrassing. I mean, DD Westbrook right ahead of him, Alshon Jeffrey, 
uh, easily, easily prefer taking a chance on on uh, Gandy Golden. And last year, I mean, they they basically counted on rookies last season. We of course know about the Terry McLaurin breakout, uh, but their their next two guys were Kelvin Harmon and uh, Stephen Sims. So you add Gandy Golden to that. I don't think he's better than McLaurin, but I think he definitely has a chance to be uh, the second best receiver on that team uh, behind, uh, behind Terry McLaurin. Yeah. And like you said, that's because of opportunity outside of McLaurin. I don't think any of us are, have big expectations for any of these receivers in Washington and somebody else has to catch the football, no matter what you think of Dwayne Haskins. So couldn't agree with you more. Big chance for him to be a cash player, especially at that low, low ADP and rookie drafts in the late third round. So uh, agree there. Gandy Gold, if there's an Antonio as a cash play, it's probably AGG rather than Antonio Gibson. Ryan, we we got through it without without our fearless leader, Matt Price. I don't know how we did it. We survived, barely. Yeah, we survived. Uh, hopefully Matt will be back next week. We certainly expect him to be uh we have the nfc and afc north next week so a lot more rookies to get excited about there we will uh i guess siphon through them and try to figure out which ones are rookie cash rookie stash or or i guess future trash in the afc and nfc north ryan thanks uh for for really pulling matt's weight because i just did what i regularly do yeah well it wasn't that hard (laughs) (laughs) ouch all right for ryan i'm dan thanks for listening to this episode of the dlf dynasty podcast we'll catch you again next week